0: morning, saints. I greet you in the name of our Lord and our Savior, who is Jesus Christ, to this uh, hour of worship, this sacrament service. And I hesitated to even speak as I listened to the beauty of creation, as the birds sing and You can hear the rustle of the wind. What a blessing it is to be in the house of the Lord. I know reunion is a little bit of a different experience. Meeting in a tabernacle that is open to the air and the elements. But how close we draw to our Heavenly Father as we come together in such an attitude of worship in a place such as this. There's such fond memories that we have being here on these reunion grounds and coming together to worship. As I look out, I see uh, many faces that I know. Not all attend the Buckner Restoration Branch. I welcome our friends from all over the country that are here this morning. It's good so good to be with you and to see your faces. There's a few faces that are even new to me. We welcome you. I'd like to read to you a call to worship, a couple of scriptures. The first is out of the book of Luke, the 22nd chapter and the 19th verse. And it says, and he took bread and gave thanks and break and gave unto them saying, this is my body, which is given for you, this do in remembrance of me. That's why we're here today, saints, to do this which is in remembrance of our Lord Jesus Christ. And the Lord gave us some very specific instruction for just an occasion such as this, It's recorded in the Book of Mormon, and he spoke these words to his disciples that there might be order in this particular service. And this is found in the uh, eighth chapter of the third book of Nephi. And I mention this uh, particular verse because it's important that we understand as I've selected men to serve this morning that are from uh, branches that are all around and representative really of the many different branches that are here today. There may be some that you don't know, but I know these men and I know their authority and the ordination under which they were ordained and the truthfulness of this. They may not know you as well. Don't be surprised. If they whisper to you, are you a member of the church if they don't know you? Sometimes the little ones were uncertain if they've yet been baptized, so they may just ask that question. Don't be offended by this. Smile. Because what we're trying to do is make sure that we follow what the Lord Jesus Christ told us. Let me read these words to you. Third book of Nephi, chapter 8 beginning at verse 60. And now behold, this is the commandment which I give unto you, that ye shall not suffer anyone knowingly to partake of my flesh and blood unworthily, when ye shall minister it. For whoso eateth and drinketh my flesh and blood unworthily, eateth and drinketh damnation to his soul. Therefore, if ye know that a man is unworthy to eat and drink of my flesh and blood, ye shall forbid him, Nevertheless, ye shall not cast him out from among you, but ye shall minister unto him, and shall pray for him unto the Father in my name. And if it so be that he repenteth and is baptized in my name, then shall ye receive him, and shall minister unto him of my flesh and blood. In this scripture that I just read contains the whole matter of the subject making certain that those that partake have been baptized and are members of the body of Christ. It's important, and we mention that today, because these are the words of Jesus Christ himself by way of instruction to us. So I welcome you today. I pray that the Lord's Spirit will bless each and every one of you. And I pray that today you might have a special reason to remember what Jesus Christ did in going to the cross and accepting your sins from you. May we begin our season of worship this morning by turning in our hymnals. We're going to sing hymn number 133, I know that my Redeemer lives. And after we uh we sing this hymn, my father brother Harry Williams will bring The invocation. Hymn number 133. Shall we stand, please?
1: And me, O oh God, our eternal Heavenly Father, and it is in the blessed name of thy Son, Jesus Christ, once again we come before your throne of grace to present to your congregation, Lord, the congregation of your church, that they this day have come prepared to uh, partake of the sacrament and remember my son, thy son, and that he might be uh, uplifted and, and uh, praised in all things and all matters. Father, I ask that you would bless them as they have uh, come prepared and uh, desire to be repentant and desire to have your forgiveness. And we know that you have it without question. And Father, I would pray that uh, each and every one here would remember that thy son and always keep him in their countenance and their mind as the uh, prayer of the bread and wine speak of him, to have his spirit to be with him. And may that be all true for you. Indeed, and we ask it in the holy and blessed name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.
0: At reunion, we only up the offering a couple of times during the course of the week. Sunday morning traditionally we have done this. and The offering this morning will uh, will go to the needs of the reunion, just so that you are aware. So if you're able to give this morning, that's uh, that's what those will cover. Um, the monies collected here will go to the costs of the reunion. Would you uh, bow with me, please? Our Father in Heaven, we... Uh, Lift our voice in praise once again to thee in thanksgiving, Lord, for the many blessings that you've bestowed upon us. We know we have an opportunity now to return unto you a portion of that which you've blessed us with. We pray, Father, that uh, those monies collected today might cover those expenses uh, realized by our reunion here this week. We pray, Lord, for those that give and ask that they might receive a special blessing from thee and their willingness to be able to give from their abundance. We thank you, Father, for all your many blessings. You're so kind to us and done so much for us in our lives. We can scarcely repay you, and yet we know that you have called us uh, to give. Thank you, Father, for hearing this prayer, and continue with us now, we pray, in the sacred name of Jesus Christ. Amen.
2: Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. I greet you all in the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and I pray that His uh, love and mercy and and His Spirit will be with us today. I was going to start off with a scripture today, but um, Brother Joe already did that, so <laughs> that's you know that was kind of convenient. Um, no problem there. I wanted to start off with that particular scripture because it I mean it basically uh, states the theme of the. Uh, of the, of the service today that we're doing this in remembrance of our covenant with with the God and through Jesus Christ now I've always been told and I do believe this that what we do today is a reminder of our covenant it's not a revision it's not a uh, renewal it's a reminder Because our covenant with God does not need a revision or a renewal. The terms are the same always. Last night we had a sermon from a a speaker whose day job is a doctor. Uh, Today you're going to have a sermon from a person whose day job is an insurance adjuster. So if you came in and signed those waivers, um, you'll have to forgive me if I was a little, uh, because I deal with that stuff every day. Uh, I looked at that and I said, yeah, the typical waiver language. Well, I'd forgotten that not everybody deals with that every day like I do. So, in insurance school, if you want to call it that, for lack of a better term, we learned that there's two different types, types of agreements, contracts, covenants. Um, and I don't want to get into this too much, but they're basically unilateral contract and a bilateral contract. Unilateral is basically when one party prints up the contract, writes up the terms, and says, here, you can sign it or not. And in return for you maybe just paying a premium, we will fulfill the terms of the contract. Bilateral contract is when two parties negotiate back and forth, and then they come to an agreement, and they both sign on to it. And they both have responsibilities in said contract. Now, I started thinking about it, and I determined, hopefully correctly, that our covenant with God has basically got elements of both of those. Because the covenant is, starts with God. He, uh, he sets the terms. We can accept them, or we don't have to. That's our agency. But unlike a unilateral contract, in this covenant, we both have a certain... Uh, terms that we have to fulfill. Both of us have, both co- parties have uh, terms to fulfill. Back when I worked in the trust department, the corporate trust department of a bank, I was uh, the original documents for each of these, you know, contracts or the covenants, the lo- trust agreements, were kept in a large vault. Now, usually the vault was open, and we had, you know, during the day at least, uh, me and the other trust officers had free access to them. But these were basically, we could make, we could have summaries of these contracts, we could have, you know, like just a a brief computer briefing, you know, printout of what they were, but if you ever had to know specifically what was signed on to the terms of the contract, you had to go to the originals. And these were so important, they were so original that when the fire alarm went off in the building, while everyone else evacuated, me and the head of the department were responsible for going and putting in certain codes and going through certain procedures to close up the vault to make sure it was secure almost felt like a like area 51 or something it was it was kind of different but but when preparing for this I wanted to talk about our covenant with God but I wanted to know so what exactly are the terms I mean, we see scriptures about the everlasting covenant. We, we go through the waters of baptism. But I guess I was curious as to, okay, so, what, you know, maybe I need to have a reminder of what exactly the terms are that I signed on for. Now, from the book of Genesis, chapter 6, verses 51 through 53... But God hath made known unto our fathers that all men must repent. And he called upon our father Adam by his own voice, saying, I am God, I made the world, and men before they were in the flesh. And he also said unto him, If thou wilt, turn unto me, and hearken unto my voice, and believe, and repent of all thy transgressions, and be baptized even in water. In the name of mine only begotten Son, who is full of grace and truth, truth, Which in Jesus Christ, the only name, which shall be given under heaven, whereby salvation shall come unto the children of men. And ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, asking all things in his name, and whatsoever ye shall ask, it shall be given you. Now, first of all, I have to ask for your forgiveness if my reading's a bit off. Um, I did leave my glasses in the cabin. Uh, I always struggle as to whether or not to bring them because I don't want to be fiddling with them too much up here, so... I decided to go without them today. Um, the, uh, the downside of that is I have to kind of, you know, stay focused uh, a little further away from the page. But to me, this scripture says, gives the basic covenant by which we become party to in the waters of baptism and by confirmation of the Holy Ghost. We repent of our sins, we agree to follow God, to follow His commandments, and to, to love him with all of our heart, mind, and strength. And to love our neighbor as ourself. And in return, he sends his Holy his holy Ghost and he offers up us eternal life. Now to me, eternal life and the gift of the Holy Ghost or the whole gift of the Holy Ghost and eternal life, however you want to say that, is an extremely nice gift. Uh, gift to receive from our heavenly Father. However, covenants made with God, um, I think it's—I think we all know this—they are not to be taken lightly. They are very serious. They're very solemn. Uh, covenants like baptism, marriage, priesthood. These are sacred, and maybe that goes without saying, based on the other party who's a part and parcel to said covenant. But these are, like I said, these cannot be taken lightly. I found an example in the scriptures of this, and um, I've read this before, but I never really gave it. You know, I just kind of like, you know, when you're reading the scriptures, you kind of try to take it in, but you then continue reading. But this is from the first book of Samuel, chapter 1. Um, and we're gonna, I'm going to be going, doing a little skipping around, but not a whole lot. Um, I'm going to start with verses 9 through 11. So Hannah rose up after they had eaten in Shiloh, and after they had drunk. Now Eli the priest sat upon a seat by the post of the temple of the Lord. And she was in bitterness of soul, and prayed unto the Lord, and wept sore. And she vowed a vow, and said, O Lord of hosts, If thou wilt indeed look on the affliction of thine handmaid, but will give unto thine handmaid a man-child, then I will give give him unto the Lord all the days of his life, and there shall no razor come upon his head. And I skip down to chapter 20, or I'm sorry, verse 20, excuse me. Wherefore it came to pass when the time was come about after Hannah had conceived, that she bare a son and called his name Samuel, saying, Because I have asked him of the Lord. And then then down to verses 24 through 28. And when she had weaned him, she took him up with her with three bullocks and one ephah of flour, and a bottle of wine and brought him unto the house of the Lord in Shiloh. And the child was young. And they slew a bullock and brought the child to Eli. And she said, O my Lord, as 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 thy soul liveth, my Lord, I am the woman that stood by thee here praying unto the Lord. For this child I prayed, And the Lord hath given me my petition, which I asked him. Therefore also I have lent him to the Lord. As long as he liveth, he shall be lent to the Lord. And he worshiped the Lord there. Now, like I said, I've read this scripture before, just, you know, general scripture study. But when I really started to read into it, I thought to myself, okay, there's lots of times when people... In maybe in desperation, they'll go to God and they'll say, "God, if you just do this for me, I will, you know, I will repent the rest of my life. I will never do this again, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, whatever the case may be." But I was impressed with Hannah because she was good to her word. Now you can argue that God knew that Hannah was a um, righteous and virtuous woman, that she would be good to her word. But I was very impressed. Because she made, she went to God and said, if you give me a male child, I'll dedicate him to you. I I will lend him to you. He'll be in your service. And then she did it. And when he was not very old either. Now, the scriptures, of course, don't go into what this must have been like for her to give her, you know, she has this baby, and when he's really pretty young yet, she's basically giving him up. She's basically giving him, you know, in the service of the Lord. Now granted she's, he's going to be in good hands and he's going to do great works but that still couldn't have been easy for her. Um, and I've got, I, I've got to, you know, I, I look at that now and I think I respect that. But the point I want, the other point I want to make on that is that she made a covenant and she was bound to it. She These were the terms of the, I mean, and actually this covenant, she you know, she came up with this. This wasn't, you know, I mean, maybe it was God kind of prompting her. But she lived up to her. She they both both parties lived up to their terms of the agreement. I want to go to the Book of Mosiah, chapter three, one through eight. And now it came to pass that when King Benjamin had thus spoken to his people, he sent among them desiring to know of his people if they believed the words which he had spoken unto them. And they all cried with one voice, saying, Yea, we believe all the words which thou hast spoken unto us. And also we know of their surety and truth, because of the spirit of the Lord Omnipotent, which has wrought a mighty change in us, or in our hearts, that we have no more disposition to do evil, but to do good continually." And we ourselves also, through the infinite goodness of God and the manifestations of the Spirit, have great views of that which is to come, and were it expedient, we could prophesy of all things. And it is the faith which we have had in the things which our King has spoken unto us and has brought us to this great knowledge whereby we do rejoice with such exceeding great joy. We are willing to enter into a covenant with our God to do his will and to be obedient to his commandments and all things that he shall command us. All the remainder of our days, that we may not bring upon ourselves a never-ending torment, as has been spoken of by the angel, that we may not drink out of the cup of the wrath of God. And now these are the words that King Benjamin desired of them, and therefore he said unto them, Ye have spoken the words that I desired, and the covenant which ye have made is a righteous covenant. And now because of the covenant which ye have made, ye shall be called the children of Christ, his sons and his daughters. This is another scripture I, when I was, I, I've, of course I've read it again, once again I've read it before, uh, but for this particular day, I thought this was very impressive. First thing, one of the things that comes to my mind is King Benjamin must have been a very good speaker um, because he seems to have spoken to a lot of people all at once without the use of one of these um, or any, any other probably sound enhancing device and yet they all heard him, clearly. Uh, uh, I think that's pretty impressive, and I think there's uh, the work of God in that too. Um, I mean, I, I all I, could, you know, like if there's people all the way out there and they can still hear what I'm saying without the microphone, that's that's amazing. Second of all, this was a, I, mean, I look at it as almost like a corporate uh, making of a covenant with God. All these people in, I mean, no. They give the impression in the scripture that it's in unison, but they all come to agree to forsake their sins and to follow God's commandments all at once. I think that's a beautiful thing, and I think that that's a group of people then who can go out and maybe bring others to God and to his into his gospel and, to, and have them sign on to the covenant and so on and so forth. From section 45, Doctrine and Covenants 2A through F. Hearken, O ye people of my church and ye elders, listen together and hear my voice while it is called today and harden not your hearts. For verily I say unto you that I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the light and the life of the world a light that shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehendeth it not. I came unto my own, and my own received me not. But unto as many as received me, gave I power to do many miracles, and to become the sons of God. And even unto them that believed in my name, gave I power to obtain eternal life. And even so, I have sent mine only. My, I'm sorry. I've sent mine everlasting covenant unto the world, to be a light to the world, and to be a standard for my people and for the Gentiles to seek to it, and to be a messenger before my face to prepare the way before me. Wherefore, come unto it, and be with him that cometh I will reason with as men in days of old, and I will show unto you my strong reasoning. Wherefore, hearken ye together, and let me show it unto you, even my wisdom, the wisdom of him whom ye say is the God of Enoch and his brethren, who are separated from the earth and were received unto myself. Two things here. I was reading through this and at first I didn't understand the use of the words uh, reasoning and wisdom in this. But then it came to me that when I first was, became acquainted with the Book of Mormon and with the uh, Restoration Movement, I didn't, uh, I, didn't, I didn't accept it at first. I had to be reasoned with and this wisdom had to be brought to me. It had to be done in a way that I would understand it which means as a in my occupation I had to have evidence um, I had to have at least well what we consider what we call in our in the in the in our job the preponderance of evidence there were ways in which this preponderance of evidence was delivered to me some of it was through the spirit and I think I I'm pretty sure there was a form of a burning in my bosom. And the other part was uh, observation in different things in the world in which I saw evidence that, that this was the true gospel and this was the way to go to accept the covenant with God. The other thing in here is where it says... To be a standard for my people and for the Gentiles to seek to it. Which means that this covenant is not exclusive for us. We're not not an exclusive club. We're not, you know, we don't have to, you don't have to go through 10 different levels of membership or what, you know, or any weird initiation to get in. You just have to accept God's word and and you can be baptized. It's open to everyone. Everyone who will accept. So another so basically this scripture not only goes to the how it can be brought to people and how it we should bring it to people but it also gives us a, a, a kind of a guide as to you know where to go with it I suspect that I perhaps have uh, spoken long enough, um, so I say that I pray that again that the uh, grace of God and and his love and mercy and his uh, power will be with us, and um, God bless you all.
0: Brother Scott, I appreciate those words. I wanted to share with you, by way of uh, just a brief testimony, if I may, you know, music um, is very powerful for us. It's why it's incorporated into most all of our services, isn't that the case? And I don't know if Sister Shelby last evening played some notes to this particular uh, song, a contemporary hymn, if you will, but all night long these words have been going through my mind. All night, in my dreams, in my time awake during the night, which were quite a few, these words were in my mind. How beautiful the hands that serve the wine and the bread and the sons of the earth. How beautiful the feet that walked the long dusty road and the hill to the cross. How beautiful is the body of Christ. And perhaps some of you are uh, familiar with that uh, particular song. And I thought uh, as I woke this morning and was making my preparation that it was important that I share those with you. And I received confirmation of that. I, I know electronics are frowned upon at reunion, but I was communicating with some brothers that are not here this week and one of them sent me a a text message and he was describing a condition, something that's going on that I needed to know about and then he put in parentheses, how beautiful, and it just, uh, it lit up my soul. As we consider today, saints, that which we are about to do. My brother Scott spoke of the covenant that we've made. And now let me point you to he who initiated the covenant, the Lord Jesus Christ. And that which he instituted is beautiful to us. And I'd call your attention, I'd ask you to, in your mind's eye, go to the place where Jesus spoke to the people people of Nephi. And after he'd spoken with them for quite a while, he called them forth. And he said this, And it came to pass that the Lord spake unto them, saying, Arise, and come forth unto me, that ye may thrust your hands in my side, and also that ye may feel the prints of the nails in my hands and in my feet, that ye may know that I am the God of Israel, the God of the whole earth, and have been slain for the sins of the world. And it came to pass that the multitude went forth and thrust their hands to his side, and did feel the prints of the nails in his hands and in his feet. And this they did go forth one by one until they'd gone forth and did see with their eyes and did feel with their hands and did know of a surety and did, and did bear record that it was he of whom it was written by the prophets should come. There's your evidence, Scott, that you spoke of. And when they'd all gone forth and witnessed for themselves, they did cry out with one accord, saying, Hosanna, blessed be the name of the Most High God. And they did fall down at the feet of Jesus and did worship him. I pray that this is our experience this morning, as these emblems will soon be uncovered that you might see the broken body, and the spilt blood of your Lord Jesus Christ has been prepared for you to partake of this morning. And we do this as we've been instructed by our Lord Jesus Christ to do so. Let's take up our hymnals and turn to hymn number 210, 210, According to Thy Gracious Word. And we'll use this as a hymn of preparation. Saints, the table is prepared before you. Shall we together as a congregation and a body of Christ kneel while the prayer is offered over the bread? O God, the Eternal Father, we ask Thee in the name of Thy Son, Jesus Christ to bless and sanctify this bread to the souls of all those who partake of it, that they may eat in remembrance of the body of thy Son, and witness unto thee, O God, the Eternal Father, that they are willing to take upon them the name of thy Son, and always remember him, and keep his commandments which he has given them, that they may always have his Spirit to be with them. Amen. Amen. Did anyone miss their portion of the bread that desired to partake this morning? Then uh, let us, once again, saints, kneel as the prayer is offered on the wine. O God, the Eternal Father, we ask thee in the name of thy Son, Jesus Christ, to bless and sanctify this wine to the souls of all those who drink of it, that they may do it in remembrance of the blood of thy Son, which was shed for them, that they may witness unto thee, O God, the Eternal Father, that they do always remember him, that they may have his Spirit to be with them. Amen. Amen. Did anyone miss their portion of the wine that desired to partake? And saints, we will uh, close our service by singing together hymn number 336, I Heard the Voice of Jesus Say. And we'll stand to sing this hymn, and then uh, afterwards, Brother Justin Jones will bring our benediction.
3: Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, and Lord as a group, a small group of your followers have gathered together this day, and Lord we have heard people pray and testify of the greatness of you in their lives. And Lord, each one of us can look around and see the greatness that you have created. And Lord, I would desire to lift up before you this congregation, this group of people who have come apart, who have chosen to follow you. And Lord, we have come together this day and we have partaken of that river of life, those waters which so freely give to us life and peace. And Lord, words fall so far short to be able to express to you the joy which we feel and the appreciation which we have for you and for your son and what you have done for us, your wayward creatures. And so, Lord, I would, in humility, And in reverence, ask a benediction upon this congregation and upon this service. And I would ask, Lord, that as this week progresses, that your people would feel your presence. That they might feel you walk with them and talk with them and even whisper in their ears and comfort them and heal them of those wounds that they have received in their lives. For they have looked to this week Lord as a solace and a refuge and Lord we are so grateful for this sacrament this ordinance which we have been able to come and participate in to remember that which you have done to us and for us and to remember the covenant we have made in the terms of that covenant and so Lord I would lift them up to you now for a father's blessing may you touch each one And Lord, I would ask this now humbly in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen.